0: Good morning, Springbrook. It's great to have you for our weekly worship gathering. And I want to thank you for making it a priority. Well, we've been going through a series on strapped. Uh, The idea that so many Americans, and probably many of us, are are, are strapped by debt. Uh, We're not sure how to manage our money. I'm just curious, how many have ever gone to a class beyond high school on how to manage your how to manage a household? Okay, all right. You see, the bottom line is we don't get trained. You go through all this schooling, oh mercy! Okay, and they don't deal with the one issue that probably is going to cost us the most frustration. They don't teach us how to manage money. We learn to manage money from our parents. How many of your parents manage money well? Good, excellent. But again, because we live in this culture, because we're greedy, remember we don't like to admit that, but we're greedy, we fall into this trap all the time. And our culture makes it very easy for that uh, to happen. As I said last week, my purpose in teaching this series is to help you. There is financial freedom that can be found in your life. You might be saying, oh, no, Dad, you don't know how bad it is. Oh. <laughs> you see, when you're alone and you never talk to anybody, you think, well, I'm the only one You know, was $20,000 in debt, whatever, more. But it would be interesting if we just sent around a list and everybody put their... Consumer debt down. You know, you would be shocked, I think, because it is such a problem in the United States here. So through this series, I want to encourage and challenge and teach you how to experience financial freedom by following God's design. Now, remember we talked about last week. We don't want to put you on a guilt trip here, okay? I know some of you are feeling, no, he's talking, no, 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 no. The point is that if you're Christ's follower, your sins have been forgiven past, present, and future. So the sins that you committed uh, in getting into debt, they've been forgiven. There's no, now, no condemnation in Jesus Christ. At the same time, if you want to keep closer to God, he says, manage your money well. Remember, it's all from me. It's all God's money. All your stuff is God's. That's the first thing you have to realize. And that kind of, really? Oh, yeah. Right? It's all from God. And, and we need to manage it in the way that he has taught us to manage it. And I especially say this, there are some of you who just beat up on yourself all the time. I mean, you just say, oh, I can't do this. Oh, yeah, yeah this is Doom and gloom. If you're that type of person and you start to feel guilty, hold up, because you're going down in a hole It's not going to help you, okay? Now, some of you I would have to go up to and say, get out of debt, before you realize that that was important. <laughs> we're all different. So we just need to realize, okay, we're, we're going to talk about this financial freedom plan, and I just hope. My prayer is, is that you would get on the financial freedom plan if you're not on it already. Proverbs 22, Proverbs 22, 7. The rich rules over the poor, and the bower is a slave of the lender. We talked about it last last week, right? You can serve money or God, and money is so critical because it gives us the power to spend money to buy things that we want to buy that satisfies our desires. But again, we talked about in Matthew six twenty one for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That means, remember we talked about last week, now let's say that your heart is focused on Jesus Christ and you're having the Holy Spirit continue to make him more like you. But again, we all have the drift, right? And it goes in different directions and, and and money usually is a part of what I want to spend my money on. I mean, how many updated their Cubs gear in the last week? Okay. Yeah, it's great, huh? It's great. Now some of you I don't know this, but of all the people let's say of all Chicago lab, people went into debt. People should not have spent money on their gear because they were in debt. You do not need that Cubs gear, do you? Really? No, you don't. Let's say, well, I gotta have it. It happens every hundred and eight years, you know. I mean, come on. You say that I shouldn't go into debt. Yeah, I say you shouldn't go into debt if you don't have the money to buy new Cubs gear. You see it. We talked last week about how incredible amount of money that people spend on sports. So, you know, if you're a sports person, that's where your heart is, and that's where your treasure is going to flow. Now, let's say you're a lady, and you like decorating, crafts, that type of thing. Well, that's your weakness. Because everybody has a weakness. You guys know your weakness in money? I mean, if you had some more money, what you would do with it, you know it. You know what you would buy because you're thinking about it. I want that, I want that, I want that. And that's just our our selfishness within us. And uh, it gets us into dangerous spots. So the point is, the reason that Jesus Christ says the heart is a spiritual barometer, or excuse me, your money, how you spend your money and your time, is a spiritual barometer of what's happening in your spiritual life. It tells you whether you're close to God or you're drifting. And again, it's talking about money because money is a tool we use to get what we want. And instead of focusing on money, focusing our satisfaction in God and asking Him to provide uh, for us. So here's our series last week of Godly Perspective on Money. Uh, Today, act your wage. Act your wage. What does that mean? That means don't spend any more money than you earn. It's a very foreign concept here in America, right? You just don't spend more money than you earn. Next week, putting God first. uh, Then on the 26th, the buck starts here. Let's just review some stats. Average household debt, 136%. Average credit card debt, $14,517. Living paycheck to paycheck, uh, 55%. That means that 55% of Americans, uh, if they didn't get the next month's paycheck, that would be a problem because they don't have any extra money uh, to pay that. So that's that's, that's not looking good. And that's what we want to teach you and encourage you and say, let's get off this debt train that's leading us into further and further uh, frustration. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is a slave of the lender. Remember, we're either a slave of God or a slave of money. And when you have debt, you're a slave of the lender. Now, some people say, well, is that wrong? Well, the Bible, you know, doesn't say that debt is wrong when used properly, but the problem is uh, what we fall into is we buy something, but we can't pay it off at the end of the month. So what do you just do? If you bought something, you can't pay it off, well, you have more debt. Right? So it goes on the credit card. Hebrews 13.5, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Keep your life free from the love of money. Now, that's a challenge, isn't it? Every day, day, three to 6,000 messages of advertising are coming towards you or from other people about, hey, you need to spend more money. You're not really living the life until you've experienced it. Yeah, you're looking at your neighbor down the street, right? Trying to keep up with the Joneses, the old phrase. The problem is, is that the Joneses are deep in debt. Because of what they have. When you look at people with a lot of things, just don't assume, oh, well, they make a lot of money. No, they might have a lot of debt. And that's not where you want to go or I want to go. Keep your life from the love of money. The average American has 7.6 credit cards. Why do you need 7.6? I mean, it's a lot of yeah, yeah that, that's not healthy. In fact, each one of us, each household, over a period of year, will receive fifty unsolicited, unsolicited mail about credit cards. So your concept, anybody relate to that? Always getting. Yeah. <laughs> and again, the funny thing I said last week was that if you got a great credit score. That means that you pay regularly because these credit cards are not trying to make your life easier. Right? I mean, when you see a commercial about credit cards or you, you get something in the mail, you should burn it. You should burn it. Man, because credit cards will bankrupt you. They will. You can fall into a deep pit when you go to Kohl's. And you see... You know what all debt is built on? It's built on I save some money. Right? Isn't it? Yeah. I save some a sale is going on. A sale. It's not gonna be this much again. I'll have to pay another forty hundred bucks if I don't buy it right now. I've got to have it. Every spending decision is an emotional oh, decision. Say, oh, well, you know, I get myself Excel spreadsheet out and I compare the different things. Well, that's good. But still, it's an emotional decision that comes from your heart. And sometimes <laughs> we follow it and it, it gets us into a, a trap. You know, at Kohl's, you know, that Walmart, they're asking, you know. Uh, would you like a Walmart credit card? Or, and Kohl's says, "Well, if you sign up for a credit card, you'll get 20% off." Kohl's has so many things going on. I really can't. Kohl's Cash. What's that? Okay, they got the money moving around so fast, you just can't see or understand it. I mean, I've had Kohl's Cash given to me. I just don't know what to do with it. What does this mean, Kohl's Cash? And then it's. I mean, they really want you to be in their store at least twice a week. Because you can save so much money. Friends, we have gone for the sales and we've saved money into debt. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Right? Next time you see a word, sale, sale, just see the word debt. Debt. Like, we might take a black marker and go through Kohl's and, when they got the mark down and say, debt. Debt. We get to the registers, she says, would you like to sign up for Kohl's credit card? What? You're trying to, you're trying to get me into debt, don't you realize those are poison? I have suffered because of credit cards and every time I come here you ask me, would you like to go into debt? Stop it! I'll tell the manager, it's fine, you don't ask me. You know? I mean, credit is everywhere, right? You can pick it up, and of course, (laughs) we wander into debt, don't we? We don't know what's going on. All we know is, well, especially the younger you are, well, you know, money's going to keep coming, and... So I've got to have the lifestyle my parents had. And I've got to do this. And I've got so much money, even though I have $100,000 in uh, (laughs) student debt. That's terrible student debt these days. Incredible the amount that they're charging to go to school. But again, you see sale. That means debt. You've got this The secret to financial freedom, the secret to getting out of debt is self-control, right? I mean, you have to approach every purchase and say, do I really need this? Or am I just really wanting it? But, again, I I can't afford it. Now, again, you really have to work on this because when you are in that, you uh, you know, that happy mode, like, oh, I want that. Oh, I want to bring it home with me. You're not thinking about your debt. You're not thinking about spending. You're not thinking if you need it or not. And that's why it's a discipline That you have to develop over time. You need to work on it. The writer says, And be content with what you have, for he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We have Jesus. Do we need anything else? Be content with what you have. Are you content today? With your life? Are you content with your job? Are you content with the car you drive? Are you content with the house you have? Are you content with just all your possessions? Well, that's really hard, isn't it? Because our selfishness and the culture kicks in and it's you've got to have more. And you spend a lot of time driven by envy and jealousness and pride in order that you might keep up with the Joneses, but you don't know the Joneses are like $100,000 in debt. Whatever you see on Facebook, beautiful things, vacations, not everybody, but probably the majority of people are in debt that did that. Now, should you go on a vacation when you're in debt? Well, a simple vacation, yes. But you got to have a plan. Because if you don't have a plan, you're just going to be carried along. Paul said, now that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Friends, that's a lifelong process, isn't it? Hey, anybody started a gratitude journal this past week? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody keep a gratitude journal? All right. That's one of the ways to get out of debt. Because every day you need to be reminded that you have been incredibly blessed, that you are living in the greatest country. On this earth, that you have a lifestyle that is just in the upper 90% of people who live. But sometimes I do is, you know, I look at refugees, look at the poverty in India, and that really brings you back to reality, doesn't it? I mean, people are living like this. And they're Christ followers. Some of them. And it's like, why am I getting so upset? Because you don't have the right satisfaction level. And the way you do it is you get into your car, which many times you despise because it costs a lot of money. <laughs> and you say, God, thank you for this car. A lot of people don't have a car to drive around. And just as you go throughout your day, you just thank, thank God for this job. Uh, I hate it, but at least I have a job. And I'm going to worship God for this job. And when you, uh, you know, you're working outdoors and you're thinking about all the things you could have in your yard, landscaping, that type of thing, hey, God, I'm just thankful. I'm thankful for this yard. I'm thankful for the weeds. I'm thankful for everything. You see, friends, and if you start to think that way, you won't be as discontent. You won't be all wrapped up in, What can I get? I need something new to get that thrill, that anesthesia, you know, that keeps me away from the pain. You've got to ask the Holy Spirit, Oh, Holy Spirit, give me self-control. Proverbs 27, 23-24, know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds, for riches do not last forever, and does a crown endure to all generations. Know well the condition of your flocks. So, manage <laughs> your shepherding business wisely. Know how the sheep are doing, are any sick, need to be attended to? Give attention. Think. Plan. Prepare. That is a way that God wants us to approach money. You know, God has a plan that you're first to give to Him. The first 10%. And so you go, whoa, <laughs> yeah. It's His money, right? So, you say you uh, give to God 10%. And then you give 10% uh, to your savings. And then you live on the rest. Now, that's pretty simple to understand. But it's another thing to do it. It's really, really hard to pull that off. Proverbs 6, 6 or 8. Go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in the harvest. Look at the ant. you seen an ant in your house recently? Now look at it. You know, pick it up. Say, wow, you're impressive, man. You're better than me. You just get the food that you need. Store it away, and you're taken care of. I don't think ants can be greedy, personally. I don't know. But, (laughs) you know, look at the ant, you sluggard. You call yourself that lately. I'm just such a sluggard. (laughs) I'm lazy. I'm not, you know, giving my full attention to the things that need to be done. The interesting thing here is there's um, no... Accountability per se. I mean, the ant just does what it's wired to do by God. And I, I think one of the problems that's really significant, and this is why we can get in such tough financial situations, is because there's nobody working with us. It's just our perspective. And that's it. And so the more debt we get, you know, the more. And we feel bad and don't want to talk to people about it. But friends, if you are suffering, you can get out of debt. I heard about this one lady who was $100,000 in debt. In 13 years, she made it happen. God can do that for you. God can help you experience that financial freedom. Dave Green is going to be leading our Financial Peace University class it's going to be starting in January. And I just cannot tell you how much I want you to go to that class. It doesn't matter if you're doing well or you're struggling. There's great principles about everything. But I just wish every Christ follower could go to that class. Because it's great teaching on how to manage your money with putting God first. Oh, that's too long. Nine-week commitment? I don't know about that. Hey, listen. Everything is in the moment. But if you take this class, or whatever class, and and you apply it, you'll be much happier in the future. You'll have financial freedom, which you might not have. And what, what tends to happen is people come to the messages and Uh, Oh, yeah, that's good, that's good. And and they're thinking about what they're going to eat for lunch, right? (laughs) I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) Right? Friends, I implore you. I ask you. It will change your life. And it's so hard, and you say, No, I can't do it, but you can do it. It takes self discipline, it takes sacrifice. The only way you're going to get rid of debt, number one, change your spending. Reduce it. The second thing you need to do is you need to maybe get an additional job, you know, to help pay down that debt. But it involves sacrifice. You know, I mean, are you willing to sacrifice your your morning coffee at Starbucks—four bucks a piece. I don't know. I can't do that. You see, because then I won't feel awake, and it's just my little treat, my little treat. You know. Now, if you want to work that into a budget, that's okay. But if you're in debt, you probably shouldn't be spending four dollars on coffee, right? Look at the car you drive. So many people buy cars because it's all about status. Status. No, cars are about transportation. Right? Again, you make a wise investment. And, and again, what Dave Ramsey says is never buy a new car. That's 20%. <laughs> Appreciation is, is taken away when you drive it off a lot. It's much better to buy, you know, last year's car or whatever or Whatever you can afford, I mean, there's a great place where you can save a lot of money. The challenge is, is though we have these expectations, like my life should be like this. I should have these things. I'm entitled. And you have to come to grips with the fact that, no, I've got to live within my income. I've got to make sacrifices. How about this? Cutting cable. Ooh. The entertainment God. <laughs> we have cable. <laughs> but the point is, it's hard. You're going to say, hey, this isn't fun. I want that. But you give it up because you are passionate. You are dedicated to experiencing financial freedom. I have uh, Rich Willer come out at this time. And he's going to share his story with us.
1: You know, I'm really excited about this series. Um, finances is one of those areas that um, uh, God really uh, touched my heart in. I grew up in a home with grandparents that were all uh, World War I and World War II veterans. And so they all came out of the war and then we went, they went through the Great Depression. And then uh, my mom and dad... Uh, grew up in homes where the Great Depression was real, and uh, uh, they had to work really hard for everything that they had, so they knew what it was to be in poverty and need. They knew what it was to try to try to find a job and provide for your family, and so they had a really strong work ethic, and that's something that I picked up as well, and so I picked that up from my dad. I just I had a really strong work ethic, and I worked hard, and the things that I worked for um, were mine. <laughs> You know, I would. Uh, I put in a lot of hours. I had worked uh, hard, and um, the things that I bought were mine. The finances were mine, and and so I just kind of grew up just with the idea that, um, hey, I'm going to work hard. God, I'm going to be rewarded for working hard, and and uh, I'll be able to buy anything I wanted to buy. And and so, but when I met my wife, we've been married for 31 years. This past October, uh, so by the grace of God, yeah, right. <laughs> When I met my uh, wife, um, we started dating, we got engaged, and we had a lot of the same values. Um, we talked about uh, the importance of marriage and family and kids, and um, and so we were kind of on the same page, just just right before uh, our wedding day, just a couple of weeks before we started talking about money, and so Carolyn had said, um, you know, when when you get a job, um, you you can have your checkbook, and I've got my checkbook, and so we were talking about uh, keeping the money in two different checkbooks, and I was like, well, that, that doesn't make any sense, I said we should we should have it all in one pot. She said, "Well, I don't want to give you mine." <laughs> I said, "So, well, I'll give you mine, so you can have my check and you can you can uh, manage a checkbook." And so we kind of worked through the finances. And she says, "Okay, now when we start going to church." She said uh, she started talking to me about tithing. And I said, "Tithing? What's that?" She said, "Well, you know, we want to our God with our finances. The first ten percent is going to go to God." Uh, I sat there for a second, and uh, I said, "Well, um, you can tithe on what you make, uh, but." I'm not tithing that's a lot of money I mean I'm working really hard for this, and i don't know what, what what church I mean we hadn't really kind of landed on a church yet, and so we had a little bit of a scuffle through finances for a little bit, but um, you know Carolyn, I think um, honored that with me, and for the first ten years of our marriage we we just kind of worked through life and finances are one of those things that just constantly kind of came up as a problem and um, I was working hard for my money, and we were you know, buying a house we had kids and and uh, with kids, you got a new new car, and then you got a new house. You got to buy furniture, and so I had this credit card and this new job, and I was just, you know, charging things as we needed. And, and uh, probably after about, you know, five years, I had accumulated a couple thousand dollars worth of debt. We moved to the West Coast, uh, which was really uh, I thought was the most expensive until I got to Illinois, <laughs> and then, but it was really expensive. And uh, we continued to accumulate debt, and I continued to use that credit card. And and I used to get these little offers in the mail. Hey, you know, uh, and so I got one offer one day and I'd said, hey. Uh, transfer all of your um, debt over to this credit card, debt-free for six months. I thought, well, that's kind of a good deal. So I, I took all my credit card debt, and I moved it over to this credit card. And, of course, it got maxed out pretty quick. I didn't have to pay any interest, right? Right. So I never really sat down and thought about, hey, I'm spending more that's coming in. I just knew what I wanted to do, and I was working hard, and I figured I'd pay it off later. Um, but after a couple of years after that, it just continued to grow. I kept continuing to mount this debt. I had another two or three cards that I had taken out. I had three credit cards in my name, and and then I get the credit card offer to consolidate all your debt for year. And I mean, for about you know a good 10 years, it was just playing the credit card game and just trying to work off some debt. And uh, financially, was was not being a good steward, and just you know personally it was not a Christ follower. It had just really Warned Carolyn out in our marriage, and um, you know when we moved to Illinois 20 years ago, I was only going to be here for a year, and um, you know 20 years later, God had some other plans. I think I stepped into a church um, that had 8:15 service. I could go in, and get it out of the way, and in that process, uh, came to understand my need for a relationship with Christ. I met some other guys, got involved in a Bible study and men's group. And when I became a believer, um, that was one of the things that God just kind of you know, you know pricked my heart on. It's like, look, if you are going to uh, claim to be a Christ follower, part of that is putting God first in every area of your life, in your time, in your calendar, and in your finances. And so uh, my wife and I sat down, and we started tithing, and I put together uh, a budget. I started, I love Quicken. Uh, Quicken's a great uh, tool to just kind of do budgeting. And so I started thinking about a plan to work down our debt, uh, we started honoring God with our finances. And then right after um, things started to uh, kind of come in line, we had an opportunity to participate in a building campaign. Uh, we were in a church in, at uh, Grays Lake. Was building a uh, was a church plant. They were expanding their building, so we had an opportunity to participate in that. And I can remember that was the first time I actually had the opportunity to be generous to really give beyond the ten percent. And it felt so good uh, to be in a position where God was using my finances for a kingdom impact. You know, I had uh, worked my way up as an executive in a healthcare company, and and I was thinking about you know my purpose in life and leaving a legacy. And I thought, wow, what a way to just to have an impact and leave a legacy. Uh, that was going to impact eternity. And so it was really exciting for us to be able to be a part of that. And then when we moved into ministry, um, my first pay cut with my job was 70%. And so we had to take a look at our income and our expenses, and my wife and I had to sit down. We had to make a decision to sell our house. Uh, we moved from a beautiful uh, three-, two-bedroom, full-, uh, uh, just beautiful house. I think it was three six 4,000 square feet. We moved into a 1,200-foot, you know, square-foot ranch. <laughs> and so. We had to get our we had to get our lifestyle in line with our finances, and sometimes that requires us to make changes. And um, it's been exciting for me just as I've looked back um, over our life as where we've um, just been faithful with, with God in our stewardship. How we've had an opportunity to see multiple churches planted. It's been an opportunity for me to just be a part of people making faith commitments. And just um, I think of the in, the impact that we've had for eternity just because of that that faithfulness. And I look back on that and just think you know. That's one of the ways that God has uh, blessed me is just knowing that, um, that I have been a part of his work. And um, God has provided for us at every step of the way. I can t- just tell you the ways that God has blessed us through, you know, just through our kids, through different scholarships. And God has always provided everything that we've ever needed. And so we've been blessed through his provision. We've been blessed to be a part of his plan uh, for reaching the world for Christ. And I just want to encourage you this morning. I know a lot of times there's a lot of things that compete for your time and for your finances. But I would encourage you. Um, just to prayerfully you know, consider asking God um, what, how he might use you in that area. I know I am really excited about this uh, series. I'm looking forward to Pastor Dan's uh, teaching next week. I think you're going to be blessed as we go through STRAP together. And I'm looking forward to all that God uh, has for us together. So thanks a lot. Thank
0: you, Rich. It's a beautiful example of how God can turn things around. Hey, quickly, let's take a look at the uh, debt snowball. Do we have that? So, Oh, there it is. Okay. Uh, this is what Dave Ramsey teaches to give you an idea of how you might get out of debt. Uh, so you have all your different credit cards and the percentage rates and the total owed, the minimum payment, and the new payment. So what do you do, first of all, is you find $200 a month. I don't have $200 a month. You need to find $200 a month. And I think you can find it if you really think uh, critically about it. So you take this $200 out of what you're spending now. You add the $50, you're already paying Lowe's, and you're paying Lowe's $250. Once that card is paid off, you always start out with the smallest. Then you go after the next card, $650 at Target, you take the 30 that you're already paying, add the 250 because Lowe's is paid off, and you pay off 280. Then you go to your parents after that's paid off, 1600 200 Now you take the 280 and add it to the 200 you're already paying them, and then you'll pay that off. And then you get a visa, 1800 a 30 minimum. You take a 30 minimum plus all the money that you have saved because you paid off these other credit cards. And you're paying 510 on it, and so forth. This is a very helpful tool because it's visual and it's motivational and it's just a part of the financial peace class uh, that we have. So, again, if you'd have any interest, uh, please write that on your communication card. I'll try to get a list together. Again, people who go through it say, Wow, <laughs> that was really helpful. Whether again you're doing okay or you're not doing okay, you can always learn something new. Oops. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. For if they fail or if they fall, one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him who is alone when he falls and is not another to lift him up. We're a family here, okay? And and if you find yourself in a difficult situation, we would love to talk to you about that. We have guys who are great in managing finances and uh, have keen minds in that area. And and just, you know, write that down uh, on your communication slip. um, Interested in... Help, let's say. Interested in help. And you say, oh, I don't want to do that. Oh, yes, you do. All those, all those secrets. They go. No, no, no. They're not going to judge you. They're going to help you. And for some people, that is the only solution. You cannot get out of debt alone because you are so entrenched in those patterns and you don't want to change. First thing, you have to want to change. Let's pray together. Don't we, Father, I want to thank you for these principles in Scripture. And, oh, Lord, uh, we struggle so much in this area. But, Lord, we want to keep you first. We want to have our hearts, uh, again, pointed toward you. So, Lord, I pray that whatever you spoke to our people today, uh that they would take action as needed I pray oh I, I really pray that this would be the beginning of a financial freedom journey for a lot of people here who are saying this is it I'm tired of saying I'll do it next year I'm tired of saying oh everything will work out no I'm going to make a plan I'm going to make a budget and give to God and I'm going to see uh, what financial freedom feels like.